It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The government again putting a band-aid on it, similar to the housing crisis. The roads are a disgrace. You have three beautiful sons. He said, go and treat them to something. I thought, how kind of the stranger. We want a resolution because adults got around the table and realised what needed to happen. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 I never had much of a GAA career. I think it lasted about an afternoon, actually, if I'm truthful about it. But that set of team rules that's going around for the new season of 2023 into 2024, that wouldn't encourage me to take part in any big team effort for the year. I don't know about you. We'll discuss it later in the morning. Also, we see there where the Minister for Justice is going to give the guards anything they need to take part or to take on rioters in the future, rather, to take on rioters in the future. There was an old saying, and look, older guards would smile if they heard me saying this, but there was, there was an old saying in the old school back in the days that when the guards, all they had was a a timber batten, got to remember my dad having one. There were a timber batten, about a foot and a half long, with a leather strap on it. And I'm not just saying this, but you'd hear the expression, lads, give them timber! Give them timber. Next time you see a few writers down O'Connell Street, or God forbid, Dawn Square, give them flipping timber, and nothing else behind it. Anyway, 0818 96 96 96, the number, the text to WhatsApp, 083 396 96 96, and the email, opinion at 96fm.ie. Dramatic scenes yesterday at uh, Kennedy Key when three men risked life and limb to rescue a woman whose car had entered the water and it dramatic scenes and you've, you've heard a lot about it there's a chap called Fareed Langhans a fisherman who led the rescue effort um, and I'll talk to him in a little while but William Ross you were just there as a bystander and you saw what was going on and you got involved good morning good morning how are you? I'm very well sir describe what happened for me well TJ I didn't see the car entering the, the river okay I just the commotion, I saw something was going on. I just went over to to have a look. And that's when I saw the car floating on the river. So. Okay. Were you just <laughs> passing? Were you going to work? No, or? I was actually 
walking. I was walking on the Weybridge. Okay. On the Weybridge, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so describe what you did then for me. Well, I just went to have a look and see what was, what was going on, and the, the other lad, where he does it? Yes. Yeah, he was there, and he ran towards the traveller, and then, actually, he jumped in for us, to be fair. But um, it just went from there, really. Yeah. You had a hammer with you. You Were you the guy who broke the window in the car? Yeah. Okay. You had the presence of mind to grab something. Well, somebody had a hammer in their hand, and I just grabbed it off them, and I kind of just leant over the side of the trailer, nice. and somebody grabbed me by the legs, <laughs> right. and I just smashed the back window. Yeah. So, obviously, then she couldn't get to the back window, the poor girl, so um, I just climbed onto the roof, and I, I kind of just laid down and broke the side window, so they were able to get her out. Yeah. So... So all, all part of a day's work, as it was. You're very laid back about it, man. You know that? Am I? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That's just it. I don't think they would somehow. And fair play to you for, for for doing it. It all happened in seconds, yeah? It all happened in seconds, yeah. Yeah. You were... Um, yeah. Sorry? No, yeah. Go on. You, you were working on the way, but you're an electrician, I think. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who helped you? Who helped you to to lean down? Who held you by the ankles? Did you even find out who that was, or was it? I, 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 I didn't find out who held me by the ankles. It wasn't one of your own gang, like no. No, no, he, he no. He decided he'd stand well back. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. No. So, uh, I basically just climbed onto the roof then and. Broke the window and she came out for So we got her up onto the one within. And of course, when the weight shifted, the car went down. That's right. So, At least she was safe. That's it, like. Yeah. Um, but the two legs, the two fishermen, were in the water for a good five minutes. They must have been frozen. They must have been frozen. Running, yeah. Did you, did you get wet? So, I did, I did, when the car. <laughs> but it was, it was cold. Yeah. Would you, would you be a swimmer? No, I can swim, but I wouldn't be the best swimmer in the world. Like, I wouldn't be winning yeah. any competitions, I would say. <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly not in water that cold, says you. No. Yeah. They're telling me here you damaged your phone as well. Yeah, the phone was in my pocket, so here, look. There's only a phone. There's only a phone. We've got that replaced and why again. We're fine. Yeah. But, you know. Did you get to talk to Fareed and his and his pal, or did you just get back out again? I got back out, and I was shivering, so I said I'd go and get changed and warmed up. Yeah. I went back to the Weybridge and basically just throbbed and got warm again. Yeah, there was a few medics around at that stage, paramedics around checking people out. Did you get checked out, you did? I did, I did. Dr. Jason Vandeveld, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he, he just came over and talked to me. I said, I was fine. Yeah. I was having a cup of coffee, so I was grand. Good. Not hear me. Good. But um, the, the lads jumped into the water. There was no hesitation. They just jumped straight in. Like. Yeah. And that was, that's what caught your eye, was it? The commotion and the lads jumping in. Was it? You, you, I'm trying to get the geography right here. Were you on the other side or were you on the same key? 
But it's on the same key. On the same key. Farther down. Farther down. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The car, the car was moving in the in the current. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It's moving fairly swiftly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, that's basically all that happened, really. Your, your wife, your wife, Jar, um, you gave her some fright, but she's delighted with you. No, she is. She is, yeah. So, you, I think you know my wife, don't you? <laughs> I think I might do, actually. <laughs> I think you might do. <laughs> I think I do, actually. Now that I make the flipping connection in my head, yes, I think I do. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Listen, listen. Well done for being no, a, for being. A, by the way, did did your boss give you the rest of the day off, or did are you your own boss? I'm my own boss. Oh, your own boss. So, did you give yourself yeah. the rest of the day off, or did you go on and do it? Oh, I went back to work. I went home and got cleaned up and oh, yeah. back, back to work. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some some heroes don't wear capes; they carry hammers. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Well, oh. it's, it's somewhere down the bottom. bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's gone too, is it? That that hand the phone. That hand the phone, yeah. But no, hopefully the door is all right and makes a full recovery. All right, listen, oh. hopefully, hopefully, and uh, well done for what you did. Well done, your, your, yourself and Farid and the other lads are, that's just, are heroes. We, we, yeah, I, did, did you get a phone yet? I did, I did, I did. Oh, you're sorted, you're sorted for a phone. I'm that's right. That's oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Good man. All right. Thanks, William. Take care and thanks. Laid back. If it was any more laid back, he'd have fallen off the flipping dock, let alone jump in to help. Thank you, William Ross. Now, Fareed Langens was the man who led the, the rescue effort. He is a crew on the trawler, Belgian trawler, Maria Antonia, and himself and his colleague were the ones who jumped into the water and started all this. Now, Fareed, I hope this signal's okay. They're back out to sea this morning on the Maria Antonia. Uh, so let's hope we can, this, this line will hold. Uh, Fareed, will you tell me what happened from your point of view? Morning to you. Uh, yesterday, uh, we were uh, unloading our catch when uh, we saw, we were just finished unloading our catch when uh, we heard some people shouting something. In the beginning, I didn't understand. But then we heard uh, there's a car in the water, there's a car in the water. Uh, we were still on the quay at that moment because I was on the truck. Uh, we jumped on the ship. But, uh, the, but because of the current, the car passed too fast our ship. Yeah. So we ran to the other ship behind us, also a Belgian, uh, a Belgian uh, vessel. And there was nobody there at that moment because they were not working. They were in the, in the shop. So we jumped on the ship and uh, we, grabbed, uh, we grabbed a rope with a hook. I jumped in the water. Somebody else uh, smashed the, the rear window. Uh, I, I, I hooked uh, the, the car on the wheel so it, it couldn't float any further. Yeah. Uh, they smashed the window. I called in to, to, are you okay? She said, I'm fine. I said, are you, are you alone? Yes. And then I asked her, is it possible for you to move to, to, to the passenger side? Yeah. I said, yes. So uh, somebody smashed the window with a hammer on the passenger side. And then we took her out uh, through that window. Uh, soon after, the, the the car sank. Yeah. But we were able to to get her uh, safely. There. That's that. Therefore, I'm happy. Uh, you you didn't hesitate, Farid. You didn't hesitate. You just jumped in. It was hard because at that moment, actually, because we saw how fast the car passed our ship. Uh, if we would have gone further, we would not be able to get to her anymore. Yes. 
And you hooked. We just, um, that, in that moment, it was just because uh, 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 I was not alone as well. My crew members, they were helping me also. There were the other people, but on the ship to yeah. secure the line eh, so the yeah. car wouldn't drift any further. That was genius, tying the, the line onto the car. Thinking about that in a, in a split second was fantastic, Fareed. Whoever thought of that. Hey, look, this, is, this was not only me. We, the, the thing was uh, somebody tried to hook. Uh, the, the people were shouting. Actually, uh, try tried to hook. Uh, that's why we, we didn't understand at first because uh, we just heard them shouting. Yeah. Tried to hook the car. There's a car in the water. There's a car in the water. But it passed so fast, our ship, because of the current that we couldn't react there. Yeah. But we were lucky it still hit the, the other vessel after us. So it slowed down a little bit so we could react in that time. Super effort between you all. Are you a frequent visitor to Cork, Fareed? Do you know our city? Uh, well, yeah, I've been here uh, a lot in the last uh, two, year, two, two years or something like this. But now it's going to be, our, I think, our last trip for this year. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a possibility we'll be back in nine days. But normally we go to France. So. You don't fish out of Cork, no? Only when we're we're here, uh, because uh, we used to be uh, we used to be because when the UK when uh, England left the EU, uh, then uh, we we came over here. I see. Uh, this was two years, and then uh, now we're. I like Cork. I love Cork actually. Do you spend much time here? And mostly not because we're here for work, eh, so we come in and out. But sometimes we have a night off, and uh, this was one of those days. Actually, we didn't have a lot of work. Yeah. So, uh, so we were actually uh, we had the, the night off. Uh, that's why we leave now in the morning. When you have a night off in Cork, where do you like to go? Just uh, it doesn't matter. Sometimes uh, just uh, the terraces uh, or go shopping because uh, you have a lot of uh, shops over here. It's, that's uh, right. It's a, big city. it's a good city to shop. Uh. And you're from Belgium, are you? Yes, yeah, Belgium, Ostend. Ostend. But the, the the ship is from uh, Zebra. It it was. Just in spur of the moment, thank you for what you did and to those who helped you as well. Fareed, I know, safe fishing. We will see yes. you soon. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 Um, and a safe, safe journey. Out to Steve. <laughs> did he just say that the reason they're fishing here or docking here or floating their catch here is since Britain left the European Union that, that they're, they're doing that. And I think he just said, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? That's one benefit of Brexit that no one thought about, that we'd get hero fishermen rescuing people out of the river in Cork. To Fareed and his, his colleague, and indeed to William uh, before that, um, thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you did. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas. Christmas. With your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. You want the biggest hits? Well, what a bit of them? Real 90s. We are real. Other people be like, you want to hear your song? I'm like, yes. Love it. What a tune. You got them right here. The Hit Mix. The Hit Mix. On Cork's 96 FM. I want new music. I want to hear that new tune. Fresh. Fresh new music. The Hit Mix with Brian McAvoy. Everything I drop is a banger. 
The Hit Mix. On your smart speaker. On your phone. And on your radio. Weeknights from 8. On Quartz 96 FM. Lovely message in from Anne Toomey. Anne won yesterday with our Foot Solutions giveaway. She said, Dear PJ, when I you called me to... I didn't realise I had won. We're talking on the air. Didn't realise I'd won. She said, I thought I'd qualified for a weekly draw. It was only afterwards I realised. I never thanked you. I'm absolutely delighted. You're more than welcome. And I'm actually attending Foot Solutions at the moment. And I'm waiting delivery of my new orthotics. They'll change your life. Trust me. So I'm delighted to be able to buy a new pair of shoes now to put the inserts in. Absolutely. And that's what those 200 euro vouchers are about. And those orthotics out of Foot Solutions. You're, you're on a winner there. I had occasion to use them myself a few years ago for that awful thing called plantar fasciitis and they are a game changer delighted for you Anne and we have another 200 euro voucher to give away today and indeed all this week with Foot Solutions on the Grand Parade 200 euro gift cards up for grabs every day to give the perfect gift this Christmas of happy healthy feet we have songs about shoes with a word missing. And that's all you need to do is tell me the word. We'll run this during the morning. You've plenty of opportunity. What word have we blanked out there? From Paolo Nettini. That word and your name, please. 083 396 96 96. We also had a message in this morning from Mags, who I spoke to on Friday after the riots in Dublin on Thursday night. Herself and her son were up in Dublin for a gig and they were terrified. Um, it, it prompted a lot of correspondence over the weekend, and I'll talk to Vanessa in just a sec. Uh, in, re- in, in response to the same thing. Here's a reminder, though, of Mag's last Friday. We got to O'Connell Street and we saw the bus up in flames. And they were all either young teenagers or early 20s dressed in black with the masks over their face. So we carried on walking. I said, come on, come on, Liam, let's keep going, by." I haven't held his hand since he was about seven. But by God, we clutched hands last night, PJ. I know. Do you know? But I actually thought we were going to be brought home in hearses, I'd be honest. Damn. And then we got an email yesterday, or came in yesterday morning to an email from Eve, who said that she was listening to Mags on Friday. Hope she's okay. Thankfully, she's fine. Uh, couldn't get her out of my mind all weekend. And then Eve tells us she was out for a Chinese with her friends on Saturday. And as you'd expect, they were talking about the riots. One of Eve's friends is going out with a guard at the moment. And she says he was saying to her that if it happened in Cork, there's no way they'd have had the numbers to deal with it. Eve then says she was going to bring her own kids, aged four and seven, to town at the weekend to see the lights. But she made an excuse. And she cancelled. The truth is, she says, PJ, I'd be afraid of my life. Something might kick off. Is this how we have to live now? What's gone wrong with our lovely country? That I'm scared to bring my kids to the Christmas lights and get them a hot chocolate. Thanks from Eve. And that prompted quite an amount of response, that email. Vanessa, should we know each other for years, old friend of the show, a dub by birth, Cork for many years, now Glasgow. You got out of here because you didn't feel safe anymore. Good morning. 
How are you, PJ? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I left. Um, when the trouble started happening at migrant hotels or migrant housing hotels, um, I was talking to someone on a Lewis uh, about how I didn't think if you were angry at the government about their housing policy, about their migration policy, go to the government. And that was the um, that was my opinion then. It's my opinion now. Yeah. Uh, and a man stood up on the Lewis, came over to me and said, oh, you're an N-word lover now. Oh, what? Little blood, oh, yeah. an, an N-word uh, oh, lover. Okay, okay. Right. Um, you're a blood traitor. You're this, you're that. You want, you're part of the problem. And he raised his fist to hit me. Christ, this is um, on the Lewis. Now, this is on the Lewis in Dublin, um, just after James's hospital. Uh, so on the south side, yeah. I was going home. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken it as seriously if I didn't have my seven-month-old at at the time in his pram right beside me. Okay, okay. This was in the um, middle of the day as I well, f- was it? Yeah, this was at about three p.m. We were coming home from town, uh, and yeah, I feared for my safety. It was the first time in Dublin. I was raised in Dublin. Uh, yes, I spent ten years in Cork, and I loved it. Um, I was happy to be back in my hometown and that was the first time I felt unsafe. I really felt unsafe and within three weeks I was gone. Wow. And all you'd said was... I was was, gone out of that sea. If you have a problem, take it up to the government. Yeah. Leave the migrants alone. They're vulnerable people. They're innocent people. Until they've done anything wrong, you can't just target them. Go to the government. If you have an issue, go to the government. That's what we've done uh, over years um, that I've been protesting. It's nothing to do with protests. It's where the protests were directed at. And that's all I said to that woman on, on the Lewis. And if not for other people standing up and saying, you're not, leave her alone. You're not going to hear her. She has a child. What the hell are you doing? So this was I just someone you were in conversation with. Sorry now, I'm just trying to get the details in my head yeah. here because I know you and Fergal knows you and you're no shrinking violet and never were, to be fair to you. Right? No. Like, so this is an ordinary conversation. You we just, with yeah, someone we just got into a conversation. And this complete stranger so, stands up and takes you on like that? Yeah. Good God. And threatened to hit me. And it was the first real time that I felt unsafe in my city. And I felt afraid for my son. And I left. You were gone three weeks later. It's one Yeah, it was it's one thing threatening me, but threatening me in front of, when I have my son. Yeah, absolutely. No. I genuinely felt fear. And, and other, I was gone other, within three other, weeks. The other passengers. What did they say? What did he say to them when they told him to sit down and cop on? Oh, he backed off. He backed off and got off the next stop. But he was going to hit me until until people stepped in. Wow. Did you make a complaint? To who? What would they have done? There's that there. Yeah. You know, and and this is is what fuels what happened on Thursday. Nobody believes that the Gardaí can handle it. If you'd, if I'd said it to the Gardaí, it was just a random man on a Lewis and then they'd have to go scouring the city for him. He mightn't have even lived in the area. Yeah. You know, there would have been no justice there and the fact is, he didn't do anything. He threatened to do something but he didn't do anything and that's what I would have been told. Yeah. 
And so for the, for the sake of my son, I left that city as fast as I could. Yeah. And it hurts because I love Dublin. Yeah. That's my home. And I was forced to. Not by migrants, by the people who would use a national tragedy like what happened on Thursday afternoon and use it for destruction. I played a clip, I'm not going to play it again. I played a clip on Friday um, that we got sent to us and it was going around TikTok and Telegram and Rumble and all those underground social media of the fella getting them all in. Um, they can't stop us all, he said. They can't stop us all. And he literally want, He literally was stirring up, stirring up a bloodlust in the community. You heard that, did you? I did. And what he said was, if anyone intervenes, just kill them. And that goes to show that it had had nothing to do with what happened earlier that day. They had been waiting, and I've been saying this for years, they had been waiting since 2016 when the same people were trying to set up a Pegida Pegida branch in Dublin, a fascist organisation. I remember that. They tried to take to the streets of Dublin then and cause havoc then, and people intervened. And so they've been slowly growing and building the ranks and they've used the migrant crisis and the housing crisis and the homelessness crisis for their own ends to cause havoc. Yeah. And it's terrifying to hear so flippantly him say, just kill them. Because life doesn't matter to these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's scary about it. The email from Eve... Um, your lad is, what is it, what age is he now? He's a year now, isn't he? He's 17 months 17 now. 17 months. God, he's flying up. Good Lord. I know. <laughs> he's running. He's he's trying to talk. He's just, oh, he's wonderful. Fantastic. And, like, you can identify with Eve. Like, she has a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, and she wanted to bring them in, the simplest thing in the world, bring them in to see the Christmas lights and get him a hot chocolate, and she's afraid to do it because she doesn't know whether something might kick off. And that's part of the problem because of the likes of Telegram. It's not happening really on Twitter anymore. It's not happening because they'd be held accountable. On the likes of Telegram, they, at the moment, are anonymous and they can get away with it. And they can organise flash things. Uh, I know a woman who was there on Thursday afternoon before all the violence, she was there about five o'clock when it all kicked off at the cordon. And I've heard two stories about what happened at the cordon. The first story comes from the police who said they tried to breach the cordon and actually get onto the crime scene, which I absolutely believe because I know some of the people that were there. Um, And the other story was that a migrant um, who had a bike, he was a delivery uh, cyclist, rammed a child with his bike to get them out of the way which absolutely doesn't absolutely make sense. Absolutely nonsense. That chap is a national hero. He intervened. No, 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 by... not that one. Oh, no, not that one. one. A oh, different no. one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So again, they're trying to whip up anti-migrant sentiment. And this is before whoever, the, the heroes of that, that, that moment who saved those children's lives, before they were made known to us. So they were trying to use, again, a national tragedy to whip up anti-migrant sentiment um, to justify what was going to happen. Now, what she was told at five o'clock was come back in at seven o'clock, we're going to have a meeting and a demonstration at the Spire and that was it. And then, of course, 
some other elements said, no, we're going to burn the city to the ground. And she was angry because what good was Ryan? You, all you did was smash up shops, burn our our um, public transport, yeah. disrupt our people's lives. That's not getting them on our side. That's that's nothing to do with the children. What, what should have happened, yeah. in my view, if they felt so strongly, which most of us do, we were all in shock. We were all traumatised by what happened Thursday afternoon. What should have happened was they should have gone to that hospital and done a vigil. Yeah. and be there for the children and their families. Peaceful and instead, they use that trauma to destroy our city. Yeah. What's things, what's law and order like in, in Glasgow, Vanessa? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a lot stronger, let me tell you. Um, so there have been, historically, there has been... Um, Disagreements between half of the city and the other half of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, between there's an old rivalry between Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. I know football, um, but it goes beyond that. It's it's a Catholic Protestant thing, very much imitating Belfast to a certain extent. That's pretty much gone now, but mm-hmm. there is a heavy police presence, um, and you can feel it. Uh, every two minutes, you see a police car going up and down the road. I'm, I'm uh, told I live, they have an old firm game, Vanessa, between... I live at Hamden. Age. I live at Hamden oh. Stadium. So what would you see on the day of an old firm? Mounted guards, um, police dogs, vans, um, the normal lads, and I live in a little cul-de-sac, and there does be two vans of riot police just in case. And never the two shall meet. There is a cordon off from half of Hamden and from one side of Hamden to the other, you are not getting through that. So if you're a supporter of one team, you're on one side of Hamden. If you're a supporter of the other team, you're on the other side of Hamden. You don't get to go to the other part of this outside. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm. You could be the Um, most harmless old devil walking on the streets, but you ain't getting to the other side. No. No. Yeah. You have to go about six miles to get to the other side of the south side. And if something looked, even looked like it was going to kick off, what would happen then? There's about 30 of them ready to pounce. Wow. Uh, we've had we've had it here. We've had seven guards jump on two individuals that were looking like they were going to start trouble. They had flares. They were trying to set, on, set up. And uh, yeah, they were stopped. Just Very like quickly. That. Just like that. Yeah. They they don't take any messing. Yeah. They can't because they've they've seen the results. If this kind of thing is allowed to happen, it escalates very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know the, the, the city centre of Glasgow, I mean, Eve was talking about going into the centre of Cork. I'm going through the centre of Dublin on Saturday and I'll only be an hour or two there. I know the centre of Dublin quite well. I know that area where all this crack happened really well. Mm-hmm. I'll be nervous in the mid-morning on Saturday. And I'll say that straight open, straight out. Yeah, I mean, all they did, all they did on Thursday was make people afraid. There was nothing else that came out of it. They made people afraid. And the problem is, that's what they were after. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not if it's not an old firm game or if it's not soccer being played, football being played, 
Glasgow is, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Glasgow is safer than Dublin. I can believe it. It's absolutely 100% safer than Dublin. Yeah. And there's there's just as, mu- as much migration in and out of Glasgow as there is. Now, the, diff- the, the interesting thing is, um, if I was to bring my partner over to Dublin, none of these thugs would have had an issue with him. None of them would have had an issue because he's white, because he's English speaking. Yeah. Yeah. It is fascism on our streets. It is designed to attack the most vulnerable people in our society and people who do not look like them. And that's it. Yeah. And it's it's shocking to see fascism getting a hold, a foothold in Dublin. I had one call last Friday, um, Vanessa, from a woman, a Cork woman who runs a business very near to where all this happened and she was meeting a client. Her client was a Brazilian lady. And afterwards, when she left her own place of work, that Brazilian lady had to run into McDonald's on O'Connell Street and hide in the toilet. Yeah. There was workers in Arnott's that were told to hide in the basement. They were hiding behind um, the coffee docks, terrified for their lives. Whether they were Irish or looked Irish or didn't look Irish or were Irish or weren't Irish, they were all fearing for their lives. Because all that was, was trying to cause chaos, was trying to destroy things. And they used a national tragedy. This is this is the problem. They use a national tragedy, something that caused such trauma into the heart of Dublin. And they used it just to destroy and to pick up a few freebies for themselves. It's sickening. And yeah, it's terrifying for anyone that doesn't look Irish. Whether you're Irish or not. And I've, I've actually heard, which is even more sickening, I've actually heard people say that even if you're a, an Irish citizen, doesn't matter if you don't look Irish, you're not really Irish. Oh, I've heard that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hazel Chu, the former mayor of Dublin, she gets that all the time. She gets an awful time. She, yeah. She's as Irish as I am. It has to stop. Yeah. It really has to stop. Vanessa, you must. I know that you're happy over there, and your lad is your young lad is thriving, and and you're you're going great over there. But I know you loved Cork, but when you went back to Dublin, you were so happy to be home. You must miss it awful now, and and the reason why you're gone is even worse. I I do miss it. I really do miss it. That was that's my city, you know. That's my home, and I'm afraid to step foot in it because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And you know me, I can't hold my tongue. I'm there, honest, there I'm brutally that, honest. There is that. <laughs> and that's why we I love you. I can't hold my tongue. <laughs> that's why we love you. Vanessa. You know what? It's not even that I can't hold my tongue. It's I won't hold my tongue. That's even better again. That's even better again. Listen, you take care of yourself, girl. Have a wonderful Christmas with that beautiful boy of yours and your partner. Oh, I will. Thanks for having me on. Take care, kid. That's Vanessa. Uh, lived in Cork for years and we got to know her quite well from her activism down here and then went back up to Dublin and lasted, what, a few months with her little boy and now she's in Glasgow because Dublin, her native Dublin, that she loves so much, is not safe for her anymore. 
Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The Big Drive Home with Izzy Showbizzy. On Courts 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4 pm for more singing voice notes. Hello, would you mind playing Dermot Kennedy and Kiss Me the Way? More chances for you to win amazing prizes. Correct! Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you, I can't wait. I love Curtis House. I'm delighted. <laughs> I'm laughing, Curtis. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And all of the best music too. Join me weekdays from 4pm. The Big Drive Home with Clonacilty Food Company. Spikeball, tacos, pizza. Clonacilty Black Pudding is the making of any meal. So go on, be a rebel. Cork's 96 FM. 96 FM. Every time I read back Eve's email I just hope against hope that she's wrong and I hope against hope that nothing will or could kick off in Cork but I also know in my own heart and soul that we're only minutes away from it if the wrong thing happened at the wrong time. That email, it really resonated with you, Rebecca. Morning. Morning. Yeah, um, so I suppose, like, for the last kind of year and a half, um, uh, Families Unite for Services and Support, FOSS Ireland, we yeah. have been kind of having uh, protests in the city centre, you know, uh, fairly regularly. Um, but I suppose... As the time has gone on, this you know, and and this is not necessarily Cork. This is more more around Dublin. Um, like one of our, we have a bunch of um people in Dublin as well, and our Dublin group. Um, they would kind of have been going to the doll, and you know, when there's kind of topical things on, and you know, having protests and things like that, and you know, the politicians would come out and be having chats with them, and yeah. you know, they might take a picture with the banner or whatever, you know, the usual kind of thing. But, you know, a couple of months ago, there was an incident outside the doll. Um, and this was before, you know, the gallows and all that kind of hor- horrendous kind of behaviour. And basically, um, the, there was a, a group of people there that were protesting. And, we, you know, it wasn't realised that they were going to be there the same day. And they were shouting, like, abuse at the politicians and things like that. And they were getting quite, like, close and quite aggressive to the point that, you know... Um, it was decided that fuss should just disband and go home. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't an environment like a lot of the time when we go out have these protests. We would bring our, you know, our children, yeah. our children with disabilities, and you know what I mean. That's not the. That's. I mean, that's just not the environment. You, no. you just can't have that. You know, it's not safe. So, um, I mean, and we have. I mean, we have no political affiliation. We're just as angry at the government as everybody else is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's totally ridiculous. Like to be, to be, but they just don't care. You know what I mean? They just don't care. But ever since then, that, that was a real wake up call to us that m- maybe we can't actually have protests on the street right now because maybe it's not actually safe. Um, because it's a lot to ask somebody to bring their child, especially if that child is vulnerable in any way. Um, to ask them to to bring their child out onto the streets oh, yeah. and protest, and okay. there's the, the the environment that we have right now. I mean, you just can't. It's, yeah. you, it, I couldn't ask another parent to do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it, 
protests outside the Dáil or demonstrations rather than protests, demonstrations outside the Dáil, gatherings outside the Dáil of people for certain causes and others, that's as normal as as the hearings of the House itself. And yes, politicians will come out and chat to groups and they I've seen very civilised discussions being had between politicians and, and people with posters. But you say here, Rebecca, that your Dublin colleagues have been seen chatting with politicians and then abused for doing so. Well, this is it. It was they were having um, they were having an event kind of outside the doll, but it was a particular day when there was a number of groups there, right? So it started the the crowd started to get more and more kind of verbally aggressive towards the politicians. Then they the, there was a couple of politicians were over with Fuss, and they were talking to them and you know engaging with them about the issues and things like that. Some of them we would have met before, and. Um, you know, the, the crowd, the, the kind of more angry crowd were getting closer. They were getting more verbally abusive. And it was just decided that it just, they didn't they didn't care that you were clearly a group representing, you know, parents of children with disabilities that were talking to the politicians. All they wanted was to get at the politicians, mm-hmm. to verbally abuse the politicians, to get up in their face, to make them feel threatened. But in do, they didn't care who else felt threatened in doing so. Mm. Is this kind of just anger without even a description on it? You know, it is. But like, I mean, there is, I mean, I have to be totally honest with you here. I do feel that the government have a certain amount of responsibility in this situation. Okay. Like to say that they didn't expect last week's riots would be an absolute pile of nonsense, really. Because anyone with eyes could see that it was coming. And anyone can, with eyes can see that it will it'll only get worse if they don't actually do something about it. This whole idea of of demonising people and saying they're all they're you know if we call them all scumbags and thugs and say, you know, whereas, and I'm not saying that there isn't a certain faction that you know are have no interest in the in talking about things and they're only out for whatever. But th- you know, this is largely like you know um, a group of people who don't feel represented. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think that, like, if we, I don't think that demonising them, or, or pushing them away, or not engaging with them is is the way. Because I, I don't think we have, I don't think we have the luxury of of pushing them away because we'll only radicalise them further. You're very you know, kind, what's, what's Rebecca. Thing? I have to say, you're very kind-hearted thinking like that because I think a lot of listeners wouldn't share your thoughts. I mean, I can totally understand why, but like, I suppose. What's that saying that the child who's burned by the vi- or the child who's shunned by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth? So, yep, that's the old. You know? an, I think it's an African saying. The child, the child neglect, neglected by the village will burn it down to feel the warmth of the fire. Yeah, yeah. And like, if we if we had a, if we like if we went if we went and had a conversation and explained to people like you know because there's a huge range of people's kind of feelings on this, and I suppose. If you just explain to people, like, because I think, to be honest with you, a lot of there's a lot of there's a huge failure in education here because a lot of people don't seem to remember that we're in the EU, and what that actually means. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I and like, do if people want to if people want a Brexit, explain to them exactly what the implications of that are. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I think what really got I think that if you actually go on, sorry, I, I I just think that if you actually if people actually understood 
you know, oh, if that's if you want, you know, um, different controls in this way or different this or different that, here's how you do it in a political way. Here's how you here's how you lobby for it. Here's what the complications and the implications of it are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. I, I think what really was taking people, it was the looting. I think when it got to the looting and the burning of buses and the burning of a Lewis, people asked themselves the question, what the hell is that doing for anybody? Nothing. But just, I suppose, like, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I would have grown up in a, um, a fairly neglected area. You know, um, we only got a community centre there. Like, when, when we got a community centre, it made a big difference. Do you know what I mean? I do. But before we had the community centre, it was every single weekend there was a burnt out car, you know, at the end of the park. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is, you know, this is like, this is child poverty. This is, you know, a lack of education. This is addiction. You know, this is poor socioeconomic outlooks. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And education is the key to, to, to stopping those things, not, you know, shunning and, and, you know, things like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we bring these people in, if we bring these people in, like the, the, the ridiculous thing about it is half of, you know, I'm, I'm sure that most of those people who are looting, their grandparents are being looked after in hospitals by people, you know, of every race and Absolutely. creed. And if they actually sat down and thought about it for five seconds, you know, they actually don't even have these views that they think they have. Do you know what I mean? I do. They just need somebody to sit down and listen to their, like, hold a space for their anger and, you know, educate them and and bring them back into, because, I mean, we're all human. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it's possible get back to, that. to bring even a half a dozen of what was in, Clon- in, in O'Connell Street the other night around and say, do you know what? You're right. Do you think it's possible to do that? I think that most of the people who got involved at O'Connell Street were young people from North Inner City who have, you know, I mean, th- the thing is, I mean, yes, it was started by the, you know, the far right. And that's that's very, very clear. Um, but I suppose there's a lot of there's a lot of, commu- you know, there's a lot of communities being whipped up into a frenzy here because nobody is listening to them. Like, you know, you'd have the you'd have the. um Previously, you know, you used to be able to, I, like, I remember, I'm only 33, like, and I remember when I was younger, if my mum had a problem, like, or whatever, she'd go down to the, she'd be able to go to her local politician's constituency office and she'd have a chat with the politician. Yeah. And he'd represent her views. Yeah. Whereas you can't get in touch with a politician for love nor money anymore. They don't represent us anymore. Do you know? That feeling is out there, Rebecca, for no reason other than time. Going to leave it there, Rebecca O'Reardon of Foss, who I think has taken this conversation down another road. And I'd be interested to know, do you want to go further down that road? Try to explore the reasons why the people who did what they did on O'Connell Street, why they did it. Thank you, Rebecca. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the 
Day two of the 10K toy giveaway, one of ours, our qualifier, was one of the winners yesterday with Izzy. Uh, after six o'clock, Izzy picking two winners every day from the qualif- qualifiers uh, during the day. Um, will I give you the password? I will. I'll give you the password in case you missed it this morning. I'll give it to you in about half an hour. So listen out for it. You need today's password to take part in the 10K toy giveaway with your local credit union. We will do it after 11, even though the chance to qualify after 11, but I'll give you the password, because people might have missed it, in about the next half an hour. So you'll have to hang around for that. 0818 96 96 96, the number, the text to WhatsApp, 083 396 96 96, and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. You might have seen this thing going around. It started in the sports pages, or rather it made the sports pages after it started doing the rounds on social media. This is a list of rules and regulations from a well-known GAA club for the members of its senior squad in 2024. If you want to be part of the senior squad in this leading GAA club, I don't know what part of the country the club is from, then you need to comply by quite a number of fairly harsh old rules like no holidays during championship season that's June to October unless approved by management or the leadership group whoever they are unapproved holidays will mean suspension or removal from the panel no drinking during the championship June to October unless approved by management and the leadership group again suspension or removal um, anybody planning a trip to America or to Australia or to Canada in the summer cannot be part of the senior panel. There's a number of other things, but they're the ones that, that stand out. Commitment to train at the highest level all of the time. Commitment to achieving fitness and conditioning targets as set down by management. Oh yeah, no other sporting commitments after June, i.e. soccer, golf, Rugby, athletics, etc. These have gone viral now. You begin to wonder, like, when are they going to start paying whoever has to stick by the rule, those rules? Michael Verney is a journalist of the Irish Independent. Michael, do we know where this club is? Good morning. How are you, PJ? Uh, uh, we do. I'd, pro- I'd probably prefer. I'd probably prefer not to say it, to be honest with you. But as he said, it is a, a, a leading club in, in the west of Ireland. Um, like I don't know, I I'm a member of my own GA club in Offaly for the last 19 years, and I've made plenty of commitments and sacrifices to various senior teams. But uh, I've never had to sign. I've never had to sign something like this. I suppose a lot of the the players involved would to be a kind of a, you know, a casual arrangement where you know the manager would say, you know, if you're if you're going for a few drinks or whatever, just be smart about it. If you're booking holidays, be smart about it. Go and di- go at this time of the year. If you're planning stags, etc. Planned them at this time of the year, um, but to see this actually written down on paper, and I think committing it to paper, um, all there's always the risk that it's going to leak out, and somebody's going to be upset over this or ha- having to commit to it. 
uh, and there's always a good chance that it's going to end up somewhere. And obviously, it, it ended up it ended up everywhere uh, over the weekend. And I think the big thing that people are just you know taken from it is like, is this what club GA is, has, has come to? Like, whatever about inter county GA, and people would often you know compare an inter-county player's lifestyle to that of a, a monk or a monastic lifestyle where, you know, you're staying in every weekend or whatever, but it's it's at an unbelievably high level, the highest level you can get in the GA. But, it, like, this has seeped down into club in the last maybe 10, 15 years, this this type of commitment where lads are nearly looking for you five nights a week and they're, yeah. no, you're almost control, controlling, your, controlling your lifestyle and controlling your life even outside of Hurland. Well, well the, the, the Coogan family, well, not my branch of it, because I couldn't kick a ball straight, but, but certainly my, my, my brother, for example, would have lifelong commitments to Nemo, uh, of, yeah. of, of whom I'm sure you've heard. You know, and, and like, you see a fantastic level of commitment to training, to fitness. You'd be at a, a family event and some one of the lads would not be having a point because... Well, you know, I'm, I've, I have a big game next weekend, so I'm going to steer clear for a while. And that was his decision. It wasn't something he had to sign up for. It, it's almost as if this club, wherever it is, doesn't trust its top players. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it, PJ. A lot of it comes down to, you know, personal choices. And if lads don't want to have a drink or want to stay in on Saturday night, kind of, that's their personal choice. They've committed, you know, to whatever team they're committed to. They've made, a personal, they've made a commitment to themselves as well that they want to get the best out of themselves. Now, other lads are different and they might like to have a few, a few points or whatever it is and might want to head away at, at different stages. It's just to actually enforce rules on adults and tell adults what they can and can't do yeah. and basically tell them, tell them <laughs> you know, you can't holiday here and if you, if you want to have a holiday here, you have to ask me or who else, whoever else yeah. it is. It's just, it's very controlling. It would... Like I'm, I'm thinking of this one here, but you, you mentioned that, that one in particular, right? This is rule two, for want of a better expression. No holidays during championship June to October unless approved by management and the leadership. Unapproved holidays means suspension or removal from panel. Now, we're talking about senior players who might be in their mid to late 20s here. Some of them are married. Some of them have kids and partners. And they've got a, that's an entire family being expected to give this commitment. Yeah, it's funny you should say it. Like, it, there's more commitment in that player's charter than there is in a marriage, I would say. And, and, I'm, is, and I'm married myself. Uh, but, uh, like, it's not just about when, when you, especially particularly when you have a family and that, it's not just about you. There are a lot of bigger things at play, particularly when there are kiddies in the equation as well. And uh, GA becomes secondary in, the, in, the, in that kind of scenario as well. And, like, you can't, like, a lot of lads would go away even midweek during the summer, particularly teachers that are afforded that opportunity, maybe whether it's July and August or June, July and August. Yeah. And just the, that, like, and they'd go, like, lads would go about it. And, like, if I was going away now and I was playing my poor, um, playing senior with Burr, I'd pick two days that I know are free. And most people would do that. You might have the odd scenario where a lad might have something organised or I suppose a lot of it would be around maybe electric picnic or something like that, maybe where lads go away those weekends. And just for, for context, I, like from what I gather, you know, the club in question has had a, a, I don't know if problems is the right word, but they've lost a lot of players. Would say during June and July, going travelling. I suppose yeah. maybe they're thinking they need to need to lay down the law or whatever, mm. and, and that lads are just committing ad hoc to the to the club or whatever. But yeah. actually, 
put put pen to paper with this. Uh, it it just it's it looks so bizarre. Yeah. As you say there, for for lads that are just committing their own time voluntarily, remember, and just on the PJ as well. The big thing is like where's where's the fun in this charter? That's the there reason we all started playing. That's the reason we all started playing, be it hurling football, camogie, ladies football, handball, whatever it is, whatever GA sports, whatever sports outside of even GAA. That's why we started playing and there doesn't look to be much room for fun or enjoyment yeah. here. Like I, I actually don't drink PJ, but I would see I would see the benefit of lads going for a few pints together and lads being able to let their hair down together. As as much as anybody, I think yeah. it's a, like without pr- without promoting, like I'm not a PR man for Diageo or anything like that. No, no, I, I no, Michael. It's, I, but it, it's, it's as much the fun know? of it in your downtime, the fun of it, yeah. the, the the bit of crack, the barbecue, the couple of pints, whatever it is, you know, the the, the long weekend that a few lads go off to Santa Panza on the plane and just just chill out. That's as much part of being a club as turning up for training. Ah, well, sure, PJ, like, what's what's the crack on the train the next Tuesday or Friday night? Oh, did you see what Johnny did or did you see what Jimmy did? And yeah. nicknames nicknames come out of those nights out. And that's how lads bond. And you, you, you chat to maybe a quiet fellow on the panel that you wouldn't be chat to a train. You're sitting in the corner having a laugh with him. And there's a little smile and a grin on everyone's face coming into train the next Tuesday night or the next Friday night. You can't take those opportunities off the table and be, yeah. I would just say, the, the word that comes back is, is just how controlling it is. And yeah. it's very, it's very much a dictatorship rather than, like if you look at a lot of the Dublin footballers this year decided to go off the beer uh, for 2023 because they felt they needed to make a sacrifice. Funnily enough, despite all the All-Irelands they had, they obviously felt that they need to, needed to do something just to get maybe a little of, a bit of an edge themselves. But that was a personal decision yes. that they made. And a good, few, a good few of them talked about it while having a pint in hand underneath the Hogan stand after getting their hands back on Sam Maguire again. Yeah. But that was a personal thing that they needed to do. That's right. Um, whereas when, where, where it's all forced from the top, this, that's you know that's top-down leadership. Whereas really, if you talk about all the great teams in sport, what do they always say? It's player-led. It's player-driven, yeah. and th- this is definitely not. There's another thing that that, that bothers me with this one, Michael. Um, it's the no other sporting commitments. No people who are good at one sport tend to love others as well, and this is like going back to the days of the ban, when if you wanted <laughs> to play for your local club. You couldn't even go to a flipping soccer match or rugby match. Like, that's going back to the dark ages. Yeah, the the golf, I think a lot of people really picked up on the golf here. Yeah. Because what, do people, what do people love to do during the summer? Go for nine holes, play maybe 18 of a, of a Sunday evening or a Monday or something like that. Like, and it's funny and very kind of uh, ironic, I suppose you'd say as well. What's one of the major fundraisers of every GA club in the country? Golf Classic. A golf classic. <laughs> now, I've been, I've, been, I, I've been told by managers before, and we, we, we had a blanket ban on playing our golf classic once. And lads were up in arms over it because the manager didn't want us going walking around playing 18 holes or whatever. And it was absolutely ridiculous. And it pulled away from the whole camaraderie of the, the event that was going on and totally took away from it. But lads going playing nine holes or whatever, or 18, going around, even getting a boogie and having a bit of crack with a few lads. Like, geez, don't take... Don't take that little bit of uh, joy that they get maybe outside of training, a bit of a release that they get. Don't take it away from them. Mm. And it's just, it's mad. It's like even, I remember chatting Dan Shannon before and he talked about the release of going up to the hurling field to, mm. to puck a ball and the, the joy he got out of it. Yeah. But you don't want to be, you know, handcuffing lads or no. kind of um, shackling lads. You want them to, you want them to enjoy playing 
what is essentially a hobby and something An that they volunteer their time to do. An yeah. amateur sport. The only one of these that I might agree with, Michael, if I was, say, a manager or a head coach or whatever, is I might be thinking, okay, Charlie's a damn fine player and and he's a great, important part of my senior panel. But Charlie wants to go to Canada for 10 weeks to see what it's like and working over there. He can't commit himself to my panel if he's away in Canada for 10 weeks. I'd be inclined to agree with that one. Yeah, funnily enough, funnily enough I, I wouldn't actually. Um, wouldn't you? I'm just, I'm ta- no, I wouldn't. I'm taking a lot, a lot of examples from around the country. I'd say, for example, Liam Rush that played with, that played, has played with Dublin for years. He went travelling for 12 months and rejoined the Nafina squad at the end of September. Um, and he's been playing centre back for Nafina ever since, and they're in a Leinster final this Saturday. Do you know what? Like, it's not as if, like, it's not as if these guys are away and doing absolutely nothing. They're probably thinking about thinking about hurling. They're probably maybe even doing a bit over there because there are clubs obviously in the states, clubs in Australia, okay. clubs in Canada. Um, do you know? I, I'd be a big, I'd be a big believer in never excluding anybody. And Can that's see. not what the GA is about. It's it's always inclusive. Let them let them back on the panel. They don't have to play necessarily. And if but if the opportunity arises, there maybe they could play. You maybe yeah. don't have to parachute them back in. But I would never I would never be inclined to exclude anyone, particularly okay. if like sure, sure we've all travelled. You know, everyone mm-hmm. has travelled at different mm-hmm. stages. Chances are, like chances are, the managers of all the club teams have travelled at different times or spent a, a summer in the states. You know, they weren't excluded when they came back. Maybe they didn't play when they when they came back or couldn't work their way back into a team. But I would be inclined to never exclude anyone or you know omit anyone. Like imagine to say, PJ, if you knew you were going to Canada in summer of 2024, that you would basically have no hurling for 2024. Like you wouldn't be able to train for the six months with this senior squad up until that point. That. Like to me, like that's that that's not. Like the GA kind of throughout the where we all belong mantra, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not that's not a, that's that's basically excluding people from the organisation and from the squad. Okay, Michael, leave it there. Thank you very much. I'll catch up with Joe Seward in just a second. Michael Verney, uh, GA journalist with the Irish Independent. If you've not seen these, I'll go through the the salient ones again, as it were. That's anyone going to Australia, America, Canada for the summer cannot be part of the. Senior panel, I was inclined to agree with that one. Michael has talked me around, good man. No holidays during the championship months of June to October. That No family holidays. No drinking during the championship months of June to October. Breach of Rule 2 or Rule 3 means suspension or removal from the panel. There's all sorts of different rules then about the state of your fitness and running and conditioning commitments. And you have to log on to an app and show on the app that you're doing your training and show on the app that you're doing your running and all of that kind of thing. Um, Commitment to treating the league like the championship. Commitment to lead fundraising. Well, senior team members of any club and their families tend to be very involved in fundraising anyway. Commitment from lads based in Dublin or Limerick to attend training once a week. And no sporting... So around a golf, bit of golf, game of golf with the lads of a Saturday morning. If you're not playing a match on Sunday, or if you did play a match on Sunday, no game of golf with the lads on Monday. That's the commitment you have to give from this club in, in the west of Ireland. There's an alternative set of rules from another club, which I'll get to, and I also want to talk to Joe in a couple of seconds. But your thoughts, your thoughts. My thoughts are this is supposed to be an amateur sport. Um, if you had to sign up to this, that's a contract. 
And I personally would require to be paid for that or have some benefit from that rather than just being told, oh, you're on the first team, lad. Your thoughts at 083 396 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Joe Seward, among other commitments, is a sports journalist himself. Joe, your thoughts on this? This is mad. I mean, we often talk, and you have, I have spoken about kids leaving sport, quitting sport because it's getting too competitive too early. This is going down the wrong direction entirely. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, when I saw this list last night, initially you'd have thought it was a list for uh, an elite level inter-county senior team and names like, you know, Jim McGuinness, uh, who was known for his rigidity and his discipline. It, it, it sounded like maybe a list from somebody of that ilk, but you know, to learn that it was for a club side. And I know the club game has moved on, but, you know, the demands of club at, at the very top level, maybe. But, you know, in recent times, we've often heard the uh, expression uh, for the elite inter-county players that they have to put their social life on hold for their entire career. Mm. But, you know, in the club game, as you say, it, it looks as like if it's taken the fun out of it, if, it, if, if it's at that level. Mm. Particularly telling fellas that they can't, and many of these people would be, you know, the family men, shall we say, we just use the term men, family men, they might have, you know, partners and children, want to take them away to Spain for a week in July. According to this charter, they can't. Yeah, it kind of beggars belief, really, but that's just the way things have moved on. I think since the um, the advent of maybe all the games being streamed now at club level, and a lot of, at the latter end of the championships then being shown live in RTE, it has kind of given the club game a, a big boost. They were looking for that boost, the club players, because they often felt they were living in the shadow of the uh, inter-county player. But with that has come the burden maybe of greater expectant, expectation and, you know, the, the levels. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have opt significantly you know, with the greater coverage, there's been much greater media coverage. As I say, all the games are live streamed here in Cork and in other counties. And at the business ends of the championships, the domestic championships, you know, RT uh, shows some of them. 
And then, of course, you have the advent of the provincial club championships and then ultimately, you know, the potential of getting to Croke Park to mm. uh, an All-Ireland club final. So huge carrots there. And that's why maybe it has crept up a notch. Uh, mm. I think it was Eugene McGee, the famous Offaly manager, who managed the Offaly team, who downed Kerry going for the famous um, All-Ireland sequence, Seamus Derby's goal. He said, these players haven't had a point since Tuesday. Mm. <laughs> I think that was a tongue-in-cheek remark. But nowadays, they won't, be having a, they won't have a point for the entire season. Uh, I actually remember speaking to one of the girls in the great Cork Ladies football team, yeah. and she told me that she didn't eat a dessert for the whole entire campaign, and, you know, stuck to a rigid diet, and mm. she always looked forward to having her first dessert when the championship ended. So, uh, you know, things at club level, it would appear, are moving on are to intercounty. You make a point, Joe, that the Cork Premier Senior Football Final was, was a hard watch this year. Why did you think that? that, that that's another area. Uh, the, is the discipline on the field. Um, Gaelic football in particular has become, you know, it, uh, it's very much a possession game. That's creeping into hurling now. And there's a fear factor for players of losing possession, you know, or, or taking risks, you know, going for a speculative shots and distance. It's all about game management. In the, in the dying minutes into injury time in the, in the, in the county final this year between Nemo Rangers and Castlehaven, Nemo Rangers were in search of an equaliser, a point behind, and they recycled the ball repeatedly until they could try and get maybe Luke Connolly or one of mm. their prime shooters in position. And uh, they were looking for the perfect score, but the clock was against them. And in the end, Castlehaven broke away. Uh, and got a second point and sealed it. But there was that fear factor, I think, from players, and that's that's just the psyche of the modern game. Nobody wanted to be the player who was going to have the pot shot from 30 metres out and, and yes. send it wide. Yeah. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, Tommy Walsh, uh, the Kerry footballer, they were in a similar situation against Tyrone uh, in an All-Ireland semi-final. It was the first of the COVID years. And he took a shot when Kerry were repeatedly recycling. They were trying to get maybe Paddy Clifford on the ball. David Clifford was off the field at the time. And Tommy, you know, had, had the guts to go for a score. But, uh, you know, managers probably want you to be 90, 95 to 98% territory before you, you kick nowadays. It's a bit like, uh, I get the, it's a bit like the drop goal in, in, in rugby, Joe, where they say, you know, get the player into the pocket, to which the great the great kickers of our time, Ron being one of them, to mind the pocket, get the ball, just get me the ball. Yeah, and teams then are left wondering that maybe, you know, they rue maybe in years to come that they didn't go for the shot. But then, as I say, nobody wants to be the player who, who missed. So there is that fear factor in, yeah. in, in modern day um, Gaelic football in particular. But possession, you know, the possession-based game is creeping in a bit to hurling as well. Yeah. And... I suppose the two great teams of recent times in hurling and football at inter-county level, the great Limerick team at the moment and the great Dublin side, you know, they, they took it to a completely different level. And now they set the bar so high that all other inter-county teams yeah. maybe want to get to that level. Can't and get the ball not, off Limerick. Once they have it, you yeah, can't get it back. Yeah, and that's crept into the, that's crept in very much into the club game as well. So, and it's even crept in at underage level. So, you know, underage teams are being coached similarly to, you know, senior teams and, uh, it's it's made for Gaelic football anyway to be a hard watch, and I think that's been the well, consensus. I suppose it comes from from the old sporting saying, Joe. Well, you can only score when you have a ball. You can't score when you haven't got the ball. So get the ball and keep it. That's another thing. Yeah, it's, it's shades of American football. The team in possession can only score, and 
uh, that, that's very much crept into Gaelic football and as I say just has crept in a little bit to, to, to hurling as well you know the yeah. games have become very tactical now and yeah, um, and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing brings us back um, to where we started I suppose the, the competitiveness of it we've talked you and I about kids walking away from it uh, at 14, 15 when maybe they could have been very promising at senior or under 21 or whatever level they, but, they, but they yeah. walk away because it's too competitive too fast if they see these rules could you see these rules coming down through the clubs Joe on a widespread basis has gone so competitive and you even see backroom teams now in clubs you know there's huge backroom teams at inter-county level with the elite counties and that's crept in as well to some of the bigger clubs um, and you know this winning mantra it's huge as I say given the widespread exposure now via the streaming and the RT coverage and the brilliant yeah. media coverage um, it's, it's almost it, semi-professional it's, now it's it, almost it has gone to another level and also the coaches are trying to put themselves in the shop window as well if a coach does really well at club level you know, that certainly may catapult him into, for a potential inter-county job and very often people say you know, it's maybe more lucrative being a manager and a coach uh, rather than a player because as you know there's a lot of under-the-counter payments for guys training teams you know, at all levels Oh God uh, no, do the, the, the amateur Joe do the amateur Joe oh, oh God no <laughs> plus the fact that a a successful manager won't put his hand in his pocket for a point for the entire season which of course uh, it's it's an incentive Joe thank you Joe Seward 0818 96 96 96 there's another set of of rules that came out then on the back of this which are a lot more realistic I'll give them to you I'll give them to you now actually Uh, anyone going to Australia America and Canada sure let us know we'll try and sort you out with digs and a job. Try to avoid holidays, but sure, look, if it's the only time you can go, give us the heads up in time. Go handy on the drink during the championship and definitely no drinking a few nights before a game. If you're up to pre-Christmas training, well, fair play to you. Just have a happy Christmas and then get back training in January. Uh, We'll be playing everyone at all stages of the league. Priority is getting a match. And, of course, the few points afterwards is a must. Please, lads, try to sell a few raffle tickets, really, over the course of the year. If you're in college, try to make training on Friday. If you're playing basketball or soccer over, or golf over the summer, just make sure that your match schedule gets priority. And if everyone puts in a good effort over the years, then we'll, over the year, we'll have a right good crack at the championship. I prefer that set of rules, don't you? Very quick mention before I go to the break on the subject of Gaelic football in particular. Can I wish the very best of luck on his new appointment to Robbie Dwyer, uh, the new gaffer at Nemo, the new senior football boss at Nemo, uh, and son, of course, of the great legend himself, Miko. Uh, the O'Dwyers and the Coogans have many, many years of friendship and indeed family connections under their belt and uh, I will see Robbie over the Christmas and we will raise it last together and I will congratulate him and wish him the very very best with Nemo for 2024 Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With Hidden Hearing focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Cork's 96 FM 
96FM wants to fill your Christmas with fun and play. The 10K Toy Giveaway is on. We're giving away loads of 500 euro toy shopping sprees for free. Free. Listen to Quartz 96FM all day long. For your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win. You know Christmas. I love Christmas. Merry Christmas. Quartz 96FM's 10K Toy Giveaway. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Listen and win every day. I can't stop winning. I will never sing day. Only on Cork's 96 FM. We're returning from time to time to the subject of menopause, and we've spoken to various campaigners and various people who've been through menopause and to people about the perimenopause and, and the whole way it can wreck your head and wreck your buzz for months, if not years on end. That's one element of menopause. What about another type of menopause? The one you're thrown into under the bus within a couple of days. That is what happens when you have a surgical menopause. It happens overnight because of surgery, hysterectomy, removal of ovaries, all of that for whatever reason. There's an event taking place in January which is aimed at those women but indeed anybody else going through menopause as well. But it's been set up by Jenny, because Jenny, that's what happened to you, isn't it? You had a, a surgical menopause. You went through menopause within within days of, of major surgery. Good morning. Good morning. So I had endometriosis since my teens, since I started my cycle. And I went undiagnosed for years with it. I remember going in and out to hospital and they were saying it's irritable bowel syndrome and it's this and that. So a few of my aunts had issues and, you know, I, I knew there was something gynae related. So it took me to going to Australia. I actually had to get diagnosed in Australia at the age of 21. Um, they were amazing over there. The health system is just incredible. So I had a laparoscopy over there in Brisbane because I was just very unwell for a number of months. So I finally got my diagnosis in Australia and with a ble- it was a blessing. I was able to come back then, back home with the diagnosis and I was able to get care from that point. But at, at that time, there was very little known about endometriosis. I suppose I kind of knew I had it, but I was fighting at that stage a lost cause. It was just a case of go on the pill, try this, try that. So I was just really lucky that I went to Australia and I could come back medically with my diagnosis. I suppose a lot of other people aren't that lucky. You eventually had to go and have the the hysterectomy. What age were you when you had it? There was a lot of chatting from 30 on about it and they were the medical team was saying they wanted to hold me off, I suppose, as long as possible for me to be maybe naturally going into perimenopause. But it was about the age of 38, they said. And then it was another year or two on the wait list, as we know, with the wait list. So I was actually 39 having it. And then there's no peri. You're straight into menopause overnight. I was in the menopause within 48 hours. I was, I mean, I always say, like, I suppose car crashed into it. There was no build-up. There was no perimenopause, which in a way, a woman can get accustomed to the changes. I was just launched, launched into it. And I and I knew that, PJ, going into it. Like, I did know as soon as I went into the surgical menopause, I had both ovaries, my womb and my cervix removed. So that was a full abdominal hysterectomy is what it would be called. Um, so I really overnight 
pretty much as soon as the ovaries were removed, I was in menopause. That in itself is major surgery and then menopause in on top of it. Life must have been fairly rough for a while, Jenny. It was really hard. Um, and, you know, the nurses are just absolute angels, but God bless them. They're just so run off their feet up there. And I remember being in, I think my surgery was about six and a half hours. It was a really big surgery. And, you know, like you're just so vulnerable. It was such a big surgery. Like I couldn't move for like four days and they're just so busy up there and all the credit to them. And they were in amazing, but just absolutely run off their feet. Like. Mm-hmm. So surgery heals wounds like that. They heal. But afterwards, what's it like? Oh, um, I always say for I work in the area of rehabilitation and when I always say the physical will heal, but there's the spiritual body, the soul, there is the trauma of any surgery. And there's I, I always say we have lots of different bodies. We have the physical vessel of the body. We have the mental body, the emotional body, the spiritual body and the energetic body. And all of them are impacted. And that's what the medical model, I suppose, doesn't cover. Like the physical took me a good year to heal and I had to go through hell during that time to try to get myself back on my feet. But there's the emotional trauma, there's the psychological and none of that really Mm. is addressed and you're on your own with that. And like, and then because of my age, I only had friends beginning to contemplate perimenopause and I, and I still had friends getting pregnant, you know, hmm. and here was me in talking about menopause. So I did feel very isolated. And I do remember when I came out the hospital that there was no sort of menopause support group or I was like going online saying, I wonder if there are other people my age who had it. And it was like, like people are amazing. People were great support, but nobody can experience something unless you're in it, yeah. you know, and like my friends were great and my partner was amazing. I was so blessed to have them. But like there are symptoms going on that you just it, and it can really isolate you. And you're trying to explain where you're coming from and people don't understand it. Did you have like all the flushes and the brain fog and all that stuff arriving overnight? Is that what happened? I got the hot flushes within 48 hours. I remember actually the nurse coming into me about two days after and I was like, is this the hot flashes? Like I'm sweating already. And she was like, yeah, pretty much. So that was my first symptom. But actually, that was probably one that I was able to manage some bit there. Like, I had no idea what was to come. I was told, you will go into the menopause. And that was a full stop. And after that, it was all the physical. There was nothing about, like, the brain fog is crippling. Your your emotional self, no PJ. Like, you lose who you are. And for a while, I lost who I was. Like, it's really hard to describe. It's like your monthly cycle of PMS multiplied by, amplified by a thousand. Like All the time. A lot of the time, like until I got the HRT. But like my hair, I remember the saddest thing was I was brushing my hair and my hair was like falling out in clumps because my estrogen dropped so rapidly. So that was really hard to take. And like I felt I had like aged overnight, my joints actually, things that you wouldn't even think lot of joint pain, lot of inflammation in the body. The brain fog is like debilitating because you're 
like you can't remember where you put things in it. You know, you're trying so hard to stay yourself, your professional self at work, yourself as a mother, like all the jobs and all the roads that we are as women, you're trying to hold on to them. And then you've just got these symptoms hammering you. And the HRT will work on a few, but not all. You know, and, and are they reluctant to give it to you too? There's still this myth out there that it'll give you breast cancer. Yeah, there's this huge debate and this is where things always get complex and where people, we need to be careful as women not to be judging each other. I'm taking it, someone else may not take it. I chose to take it with the risk and the way I looked at it was, okay, at the time there was a 3% um, risk of breast cancer which has now been disputed. They're saying that and it's not valid anymore. They've now proven that there is no link to breast cancer. But I knew taking the risk, but the way I looked at it was, okay, I'm suffering here badly. And if the HRT can give me the next couple of years, and I was raising a teenager as well at the time, which in itself, you need... Two hormonal disasters under one roof. Oh, like, like, can you imagine? A hormonal mom, a hormonal teen. Oh, yeah, I'd say the neighbours... Stay away from naked flames there, girl, you would like... (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was saying at times I'm surprised the house didn't spontaneously combust. And you know what? And I felt then, and you know, like women, we are, we do be hard on ourselves. And I felt, oh, I was trying to be the mom I was. I was trying to be myself. It's just so hard to balance. And like when you're not in the menopause, you manage yourself way better. It's just like this foreign entity or something takes over and you're like, why can't I do what I always done? Why can't I stay stable here? Why is this happening? And it's like, it's actually daunting, PJ. You know, one, you've been rocking like this for 40 years or however long it's been. And suddenly all of your strengths are now taken away from you when you're doubting yourself and you've all these physical symptoms pounding you. Then your emotional symptoms, spiritually, you haven't even recovered from the surgery. And then for a lot of women, and I bet you this will be the case, there actually is very little people to talk to about it because there is no support system whatsoever. And I remember going up to the hospital for my checkup and there was a lady up there and she said she wasn't doing HRT because of the breast cancer risk. And I said, oh, okay, you know, like each to their own. And I kind of felt she was judging me that she was doing better because she wasn't taking it. And I was there going, well, look, I'll hold my hand up and say I absolutely needed it. And it was a big help to me almost instantaneously. Like within a week of taking it, I was like, wow, I'm starting to feel better here, you know. So for me, and it's always like what I say, like knowledge is power and support is power. Like if you can make your own choices for yourself with what knowledge is out there and if you have the right support system around you but at that stage like it was very difficult beyond the medical model I know everyone does they did the best they could physically but there was what about the psychological and emotional support I felt lonely at times in that and that's why I think Jenny you've taken the bull by the horns here and like you say you work in rehabilitation you're you're used to dealing with people you are putting together your own event in the new year for women like you? Yeah, like at the end of the day, we are all going to face this chapter and this shift. And like I always say, we can be either overwrought or overcome something. And do we want to break down in this menopause or break through? So I'm hoping that we can break through. And like at the end of the day, 
it's beyond just the medical. Like, we want to help women. It's, it's going to be called the gathering and that we're going to shift through this, that you can suffer into the menopause and beyond or you can shift into it to be the best version of you for yourself. But again, the medical side of it is one component of the menopause. All the other parts where you can't access support, this is what we're putting together for women who are coming into the perimenopause, in the menopause, we're all going to be facing it at some stage. So let's try and go in the best we can, helping each other, supporting each other and giving advice outside of just the medical model. All aspects of, of us, your soul, your spirit, all parts of us as, as, as women. When is it going to be on? So it's on in the Montanati on the 13th, Saturday, the 13th of January. So I was saying it might be a nice thing for like yourself for Women's Little Christmas. And what we're doing is nurturing as well. So, yeah, there'll be information, uh, stuff that's available on the ground, again, for people who mightn't have a lot of money to go to like a fancy clinic, who mightn't have access to GPs for four or five days at a time. You know, just what's available on the ground for you to buy yourself in health stores, helping each other. This worked for me. This worked for me. Like I had a lot of issues with my bladder. I had 12 kidney infections after my menopause, 12. And I remember just antibiotic after antibiotic. And there was like so much stuff. It was actually an amazing gynae that I saw. She was Portuguese. And she said, I can't understand in Ireland how nobody's talking about this powder that you can buy in a health store to help you. And it was in that moment I was saying, God, like, there's just so much available mm-hmm. that we can buy without, I mean, you, for like 50, 60 quid a month, you can prevent a lot of things that might end up being symptomatic, you know. Menoshift at gmail.com is an email address if anybody wants to find out more. Yeah, and we're on Facebook as well. Um, Men, the men will shift the gathering on Facebook is all the info as well. Jenny, a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks so much, PJ. See you. Uh, men will shift at gmail.com just to mention that email address again. Some breaking news with regard to Iron Man. And you'll know the tragedy that occurred at Iron Man in East Cork in August. Iron Man 2024, scheduled for East Cork in August, has been cancelled. More on that as we get it. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie Corks 96 FM The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Corks 96 FM. Did I forget? I did. I did. I forgot to give you the password for today on the 10k toy giveaway which we will be doing sometime this hour I guarantee you we'll do the 10k toy giveaway at some stage this hour we had a winner yesterday from the show so we did yes winner yesterday Uh, went forward to win the draw uh, with Izzy in the evening your password for today and you need to remember it we'll do this lads we'll probably do this around half past 11 that way or thereabouts So your password for the 10K toy giveaway today is Santa. Santa. 
All right. There's actually a discussion we must have between now and Christmas. Is it Santa or Santee? Which is it, if you're really from Cork, eh? 0818-969696, the number, the text, or WhatsApp, 083-396-9696. And your email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Speaking of Christmas, there are some fundraisers happening over the next couple of weeks. I'm very happy to promote them as best we can for Ashling McAvoy and all her neighbours down in Copper Valley, Copper Valley View. And they were devastated by the floods uh, after Storm Babette. And Glanmire Therapy Clinic is holding its annual Christmas walk Sunday, December 3rd. It leaves the clinic at 1 and all proceeds from that walk are in aid of the Copper Valley View Flood Support Fund. Remember what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the money together to put up some kind of a barrier to prevent the water from getting into their park in future because and you'll have heard Ashling talking to me on the show only a week or two ago yes there is a flood relief scheme coming for that part of Glenmire but only when the fish are happy only after they've given the fish time to do what fish need to do in the river you know what I mean how Irish is that 0818 96 96 96 things I will come back to this hour I'll come back to those list of rules from the GAA I will come back to what Rebecca was saying Rebecca was on about the Dublin riots and how she as she's part of FUS this is a campaign for better services for for children with special needs and she was telling me how some of the campaigners in Dublin have been afraid to go out now and do their thing around Leinster House for fear of being intimidated by by, by, by these characters and then Rebecca took the conversation down a different road and you'll be able to hear the the podcast of it later on and maybe form a better view on it and we can take this up again later in the week should you wish to do so. But she was saying, let us sit back also and think for a minute why the people who did what they did last Thursday night actually did it. Not the ones who arranged it. Not the thugs who actually arranged it and went on social media and got gangs into the city centre. But why did they follow that lead. Why did young fellas, particularly young fellas, who knew little or nothing of the actual issues, get involved? I come back to some comments on that. Rebecca was saying we need to understand why they do that. What's going on that makes them do that? Come back to that before we're finished today, but I have in front of me a printout. Hold on. Sorry. Printout of yet another scam. Yet another scam. Um, this time involving Vodafone. And I hope you weren't caught, Annette. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. No, I wasn't caught at all. Not at all. I knew straight away by looking at it, it was a scam. But, like, it's just, it's unending. Like, I sent on screenshots there now to Ferg this morning. And I got two. As soon as you started this morning show, I got two. One from, presumably, on post, and the other one from another Vodafone one. Um, both obviously dodgy, you know, I checked them straight away and they were both dodgy. And um, one of them was saying, oh, my contract with Vodafone is going to be um, cancelled because I didn't agree to the new terms and conditions. So um, I'm not in contract with Vodafone. So I was like, right, that's a scam anyway. I'm pay as you go with Vodafone. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten a text from them last night 
and they come up as just Vodafone.ie. That's it. Nothing else. Mm. The text this morning this morning was Vodafone-billspayable.com. Yeah. So big long. That's a red um, flag with a Jolly Roger on top of it. That is. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the other one I got this morning was on post saying that my package has arrived, but there's customs to be paid in it. And I was like, right, okay. Now, like everybody else this time of the year, PJ, I have packages coming from everywhere, yes, right? Yes. So I was like, right, okay. I know I have a package coming from England. So I said, it's absolutely feasible that there could be customs due in it, you know? So I was like, right. So instead of clicking the link, and this is the thing for everybody else as well, do not click on the link in the text message they send you. Go directly to the OnPost website mm-hmm. and check from there. Because mm-hmm. when I put in the tracking number, it came back as not valid. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking, oh, I think it was Audrey we talked to a few months ago or a few weeks ago, and yeah. it, who got that kind of customs message. And she, even though she went to the website... Her revenue was hoovered. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. yes. See, this is the thing. Now, out of pure curiosity and knowing that I didn't, I don't have revolut or anything like that. I then clicked on the link after I checked. I knew it was spam, or I knew it was a fraud. I clicked on the link just to see what would happen, and it brought me up and said, "Oh yeah, enter your bank details here now for." Three euros, that was all I wanted. <laughs> but I thought to myself, sure, I knew, like, I knew. But, you know, I just wanted to click it. And I'll tell you, it was very sophisticated, PJ, because it was very, very good. It mm. looked like I was in the genuine on-post website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it just shows. They're gone so sophisticated now and so easy for people to get caught. So easy. And it's and that's the scary thing because... You know, you click on the link, you say, all right, yeah, I have a package coming from such and such, you know, time of the year. Mm. And you click on the link and you pay, right, that's three euros, right, that's done now, that'll arrive tomorrow and I can put it away. But before you know it, your Revolut or whatever else you have attached to your account or to your phone is, is as you said, hoovered. Yeah, yeah. And it's done in the blink of an eye. I'm looking at your particular one here um, and the, mm-hmm. the Voda dot or dash bills payable dot com. Yes. Like that's yes. that's a complete nonsense one, but one red flag drawn to my mind recently, or drawn to my attention uh-huh. recently, just something we were doing here, a little bit of in-house training on to spot this stuff, is where you think there should be a dot, if there isn't a dot, ditch it. Yeah, that's the, very good advice, actually. A yeah. lot of these yeah. guys, you see, it'll look like it, where there should be a dot, if it's a dash, ditch it, because you won't spot it. No, no. And again, like I said, it, this time of the year, people are busy and they have packages yeah. coming and you just think, oh, this is great. Now I'll just click on that now and I'll pay the customs charge and that's it. It's only three euro. Yeah. So you'll be like, that's it's only grand. three, three euro. Nope. Yeah. yeah, but it's what they'll get out of your account. Yes. You know what I mean? If you have Revolut or whatever, like I only have the normal banking app on my phone, so they won't get into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see from your screenshots here, Annette, I see from your screenshots that it says potential fraud. Do do you have a, do you have a warning on your phone or something? (laughs) No, I don't know what that was. I'm presuming it's just something that Vodafone themselves have set up, like as in, because that's who who I'm with, we'd say, you know. Um, I'm presuming it's something that they've set up themselves to warn people so that, both of those, one one of them was, um, oh, they said I was eligible for electricity grant or something, I think. And that one automatically flagged itself. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fergal is telling me this is an Android feature, a feature of the Android Ah, operating system. Fergal, no, I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. 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 So, no, it does. And there was two of them, I think, I got. I got two where it automatically flagged as potential fraud. Yeah. Which is great. Mm-hmm. It's a great feature. I didn't know where it, it, where it, it came from. Yeah. The cynic in me is saying, Annette, it is a great feature until the gangsters start finding a way around it. Yeah. You know? And and you can be sure they will find a way, you see, PJ. That's the thing, you know. Mm. Um, but but look, it's up to us, I suppose, and and our service providers to try and be, you know, a half a step ahead if, if possible, if not a full step ahead of them at all times. But it's hard going. It and, you know, and as I said, especially now when I got two texts yesterday, two texts today, I'm going, who's got my bloody phone number that's putting them, putting it up oh, and I'm getting all these computer. these these fraud texts, you know? It's in the yeah, it's, it's scary, isn't it? They're, they're, dropping, they're dropping texts on everybody's phone. I, I, got, mm. one, I got two this morning um, before it left the house. Right. You know, oh, okay. one is offering. Yeah. One says I'm entitled to a, a rebate on my energy bill, and there was another right. one. There was another one looking to know. Oh, I needed to re-enter my banking <gasps> details because they could, Netflix couldn't take payment. Ah, that's another God, they're one. They're getting so clever, aren't they? That's another. And one. I mean, then the other one I seen. I saw two people actually on my Facebook list now. Both of them, actually, sorry, neither of them have children. And both of them got the text saying, hi, mom, Hi, I'm after running out of yeah. credit or whatever. Can you ring me on this number? Yeah. And one of them was put up a picture of her dog. She was like, well, the dog's getting very clever. She can text me now, you know. But this is the, this is the level that they're at, like, you know, that they could get you through that as well. Yeah. I mean, very feasible that your child would run out of credit or they lost their phone or whatever, you know. The, the Netflix one is, so, is a particularly devious one because it has, the, it has the logo on it. But guess what? Netflix don't have my phone number. But not everybody will think of that. No, no, no. And you see, and again, PJ, it's like that. They got you first thing this morning. You were probably, you know, out the door getting ready to go to work. Your mind was elsewhere. You could very easily have clicked it and said, right, I'll just re-enter this now quick and be done with it. And Mm. it's one less thing to worry about, you know. As luck would have it, Annette, you're right. I was going around the kitchen, coffee in hand, waiting for the dogs to come in out of the backyard and after their morning conversation with Mother Nature, going through the headlines, the newspaper headlines on my phone, waiting for the microwave to finish my breakfast, and I spotted it and I said, gotcha. But if I I hadn't that five seconds... Yes, you see, this is it. You know, this is the thing. And the same with me then as well this morning with the... The custom charges one, you know, we all have packages coming in from wherever and next thing all of a sudden you say, right, like you know this morning, waiting for the dogs to do whatever and blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, you've three euro page and you think your life is flying, that you're well on top of everything. That's right, that's and right. And then your bank account or whatever, your revolution is empty. Hoover, so it, Hoover. it's just a word of a warning for everybody to double check everything that they're getting via their phone or indeed via emails because they can do it via emails just as quick. Yeah. I have a spam filter on my email and I look at it every so often. My good God, the stuff that's in there. Ronan, Ronan Murphy a, of, of, of Smart Tech 24-7 is a regular guest on the show and knows more about this than the rest of us put together, I would suggest, with the possible exception Ooh. of Fergal Barry, who's big into it too. Always says... Fergal Barry's pretty good himself. <laughs> biggest problem is Our biggest problem is the human emotion of trust. And once you're in the yeah. online space, Ronan Murphy would say, and if he was sitting here now, he'd say it again. Ronan Murphy would say, in the online space, I wouldn't trust myself. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's and that's the reality of it is. Yeah. Sure. We've got to be so, so careful these days. Yeah. Right. Annette, look after yourself. Thank you very much. 0818 96 96 96. That's just another one to add to the huge list of scams that's going around. Your mobile SIM contract will be disabled due to failure to accept our new terms of service. Log on. And it has the HTTPS, which we're all told to watch for. But it has VodaBillsPayable.com. It has a dash where there should be a dot. Watch those. As, just don't, just delete the damn things. 0818 96 96 96. Bit of a reaction to what Rebecca was saying about the riots in Dublin. And remember I said to you, she, having given me her own views on, on the fear of being in the street and of colleagues and friends of hers who've been intimidated outside Leinster House, she then suggested we go down another road for a minute at least and think, what is it that is driving youngsters in tracksuits and masks out into the street to break in the window of Arnott's, to set fire to buses? to terrify guards and, and, and Lewis drivers, to isolate a guard on O'Connell Bridge and, you know yourself, what's driving them to do that? And that is, or, or, um, Rebecca was just suggesting maybe we should sit and think about that as part of our response to it and part of our preparation for the next time it might happen. Some responses to that next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Listen to Cork's 96 FM on your smart speaker. Press play and step to the beat. Simply say, play Cork's 96 FM. We're with Foot Solutions on Grand Parade all this week with 200 euro gift cards to be won every day so that you can give the perfect gift, the gift of happy, healthy feet this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. All the details of what they do and how they do it at footsolutions.ie. We have songs about shoes. Aren't there always songs about shoes? Well, all... We've got is a word left out, all right? The word left out of this. So you tell me what the word left out is. Tell me what the word left out is, eh? Paolo Nottini, new shoes. Word left out. The word and your name, please, to 083-396-9696 to win today's €200 Euro voucher for Foot Solutions on the Grand Parade. Now, come back to what Rebecca was saying. She quoted also an old, an old it's, I think it's African in origin, not 100% certain. Uh, the children rejected by the village will burn it down to feel the warmth of the fire. And Rebecca's suggestion was that we think... Now that it's all calmed down again, or close to it anyway, we think why these youngsters did what they did in Dublin last Thursday night. There's another saying that's important too, and that is to understand is not to condone, or to explain is not to excuse. So perhaps there's an explanation for the thinking behind what happened last Thursday night. Robert says, sorry, PJ, Rebecca needs to come back to this planet. These guys are just scumbags. Don't give them the time, the support, or any empathy. Lock them up. They're no good to society, destroying our country 
and attacking innocent people. People that look after us. People like Garda, fire crew, ambulance service. No forgiveness. Nothing, says Robert. Ray says, PJ, it wasn't that long ago the guards gave some far-right fascists an escort into the city library. Perhaps their eyes are open now. When they identify the thugs that did it, cut their dole and their benefits for six months. Think twice then before they kick off again. And Justin says the guards just need to go out and knock some heads. It's unbelievable. They're only now talking about use of force. If you attack a guard, you get hunted down. Well, Justin, I would be a believer in that. For example, the guard that was isolated on O'Connell Bridge the other night, the thugs who did that, for me anyway, for me, for me, and look, son of a guard, it should be a year mandatory. No argument, just get in there, into the joy for a year. That would be what I would do. Uh, we were talking earlier on this morning with Vanessa, uh, a, a dub who doesn't put a tooth in it, lived 10 years in Cork and is now in Glasgow because she was terrified when she went back to live in Dublin. Now, Annette, or Antoinette rather, you're living in Mallow for as long, or Cove rather, for as long as we can remember, uh, and many, many years indeed you're living in Cove, but originally, if I'm right, Antoinette, Kulak, is that right? Yeah. And, and, yes, and, and like, put it this way, put it this way, if you see a dog going through Kulak with his tail, he's still visiting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so, well, I, go, I go back to why I moved down here in the fourth place before I go yeah. on to the other thing. I moved down here because I was in my house one day and there was a guy sitting on my garden wall. It happens all the time. Um, he was sitting there with his girlfriend who was pregnant. And next of all, we just heard bang, bang, bang. And I was like, what on earth is that? Looked out the window, your man was on, leaned over. He was just being shot. Sitting on my garden wall. And I just went... I am not rearing my kids in this anymore. It's not fair. You know, uh, the story behind why he was shot, um, I was standing in the garden. Robert actually ran out to help him because we didn't know what had happened. Like, it was just someone was shot. And obviously everybody congregated to see what was going on. And this man stood in my garden. And I was like, it's getting worse. Like, what? Why? What? Like, why? Why was he shot? Like, and this man actually turned around and he said to me, "It's an awful pity they didn't put it in the back of his head." And he walked away from me, and I was like, "Okay." And I said to one of my neighbours, "I said, who's that man? Just that's his father." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, him and his twin brother were locked up for raping some young girl. And this guy, who was the... His brother held him down. He actually raped the girl. But he got out of prison after three months. So, things were taken into their own hands. But his father stood in my garden and said, it's an awful pity you didn't put it in the back of his head. You said you're, 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 getting, you're getting out so, of here. three months later, I was in Cork because I said, no way. Was I wearing my kids? How long ago was around? that? That was 18 years ago on the 17th of September. Okay, okay. So, looking at your native city last Thursday night, Antoinette, what did you think? It was... I, I, I was sitting watching videos like everybody else did, and I was just like, no, 
you know what I mean? This kicked off because a person who was not from here stabbed three little children and the carer. And then it kicked off and there was riots and buses smashed and the whole lot. Mm. But when you look at the other flip that and you look at it, the amount of crimes committed by Irish people and nothing is done about it. Yeah. Like I saw, because I was talking to Fergal, and I just flipped through this morning through one of the newspapers. Right? Mm. Guy with a knife in shop tried to attack, like, went in with, with a knife to get money. Right? Yeah. County Antrim man threatens to slit a nurse's throat in a psychiatric hospital. Dublin mum tries to glass a garda in a Ranala pub. Tipperary man 56 raped a vulnerable student in a hotel. Yeah. Limerick man jailed for six years over manslaughter of Alan Bourne. That's just a handful. Yeah. They're all Irish. Yeah. So why isn't there as much kick off when it's an Irish person? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're all like he's coming in from this, from this country, and he's after doing this, and he's after doing that, and he's after doing the other. I'm not excusing that. Yes, but we need to look at our own, our on our on our own doorstep too, and realise like Irish aren't squeaky clean either. Oh God, no! Oh God, no! And 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 you're right. And I know you're careful about what you're giving me. We just can't be too sure about. Um, no, they're all, they've all gone through courts. They're That's all gone through courts. You're, you're an old hand at talking about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't, you know. What, I I know wouldn't you wouldn't. what about what about Rebecca, then, the point she was making? And she just asked us to think of another twist on this. The kids that gathered, and they were mostly kids, on O'Connell Street last Thursday night, having heard like a dog whistle from this, this whoever it was, and I played the clip of that guy on Friday. I don't propose to play it ever again. They nope. heard the dog whistle. They came to town. They drove in the window of our Arnett's. They cleaned out Foot Locker and Asics. Rebecca suggests we need to think, even for a minute, of why they did that. What is disaffected among them? Have you time for that argument? You, you need to, to look at their homes. Like, as I said, I'm from Kulak. I was born and raised in Kulak. Mm. It was a rough area. It's still a rough area. You know, my parents still live up there. My sisters, my brother, the whole lot, all live, still live in Kilrock. Mm. None of us were ever in trouble. Yeah. Why? Because we were stood on. And if we stepped our line, we were disciplined. Yeah. You see, like, I moved literally 10 minutes from where I was reared to another part of Kulak. Where I was read, we were read with respect, to have respect for everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. Over there, it was like moving into the middle of Beirut. It was a completely different world. And don't get me wrong, some people, there is some lovely people over there. Yeah, sure. But when you see kids, three, four, five, one of my neighbours, who was a mother, was in the field across the road from us, in a stolen car, 
Mm-hmm. And whole kids are roaring a whole going, go on, ma! Where do you go from that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so, like, the other angle is there's a, there is anger in the country, Antoinette. I mean, everyone's got their own reason to be angry at how things are going on. But there's anger in the country. And another thing we're being asked to think about last Friday was why are they so angry? They're angry because they feel they feel disenfranchised. Well, we are being disenfranchised. We're, like, we're, we are being left on the scrappy. Just look up like, my daughter. You know Katie's story. I'm not going to go into it. Of course it yeah. um, She's left completely with no help. And it, it, it just gets so frustrating when you see everybody else regardless of nationality. I'm not even going to say... Yeah, I know what you where, mean. You know what I mean? Getting whatever help they need, getting this, getting that, getting the other. And now you have to fight tooth and nail for yeah. my child who was born and raised in this country. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, that's a very, and, and, and that's a very valid argument that people are making. Lisa said last, year, last week when she was on to me about, you know, she's couch surfing with a two-year-old. Yeah, like that's, like, when you see that, oh, now I'm saying that, I do know people, and there's people in Dublin and there's people down here that have done it. They have deliberately gone homeless to be housed. Yeah, you see, for every avenue you go down, there's a flipping junction at the end of it. But I, I did want to come back to one thing you said in your original message, Antoinette. In all of this, one small group of people is being forgotten, and that's the innocent women it's and children. children. Yeah. yeah. Like, there was another one, uh, girl up, up in Tala, was literally shot through her door. Her children were in the house. Yeah. Like, I, know, I don't know this sounds hard, but luckily she got it in the leg, and not one of the children. She yeah. was an innocent person. It was the wrong house they thought. Uh, yeah. Like, she's a victim of... All this antisocial behaviour. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you're from. You know what I mean? You're going to get crime from Irish people, Polish people, Lithuanian people, Mexican people. You know, I'm trying to... Not, I know not what you mean. Every, everyone's, you know? everyone's capable of committing a crime. I mean, yeah, like we all are. Yeah, it's true. You know, and... Like, with me, like personally, if someone harmed one of mine, I'd be the first one out there. <laughs> and ladies, like, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, but I'd actually go down to the station and go, "Yeah, what me?" She's a tall woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I I go down to the station and go, "Yeah, what me?" I did kick the crap out of him. Why? Because he did something to my child. There you go. Oh yeah. And I'm not going to stand there and let it happen and just go, "Oh God, what am I going to do now?" Like, no. Yeah. Don't mess with Mammy Bear. You know, it's like if you don't. Yeah. Stand up for your own children. Absolutely. Who's going to stand up for them? It's Nobody. True. It's true. It's true. Antoinette, I could talk to you all day, but I need to move. Thank you very much. Lots of different... It's amazing a few days after you get perspectives, different kind of perspectives, different kind of thoughts and theories on what happened in Dublin last Thursday night, and we're open to them all. Also get a few uh, different contributions on the GAA rules that I mentioned earlier on. If I don't get back to them today, I'll get back to them tomorrow. All right, I did tell you what it was. I did tell you the password. If you want to play Cork 96 FM's 10K toy giveaway, text me 
the password and your name now to 083 396 96 96. Text to WhatsApp now. Oh, look, it's a Christmas song. First one of the year on the opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. One of the best. Cork's 96 FM's 10K Toy Giveaway. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. Now, we had a winner out of this show yesterday. So let's see, can we do it again? We have loads of 500 euro toy shopping sprees to give away over the next couple of weeks. You text us in, you give us the password, and then we call somebody back. Claire is in Dunmanway. Hey, Claire. Hello, PJ. How are you? How are you? First and foremost, I'm give me... i excited. Uh, good. Give me the password. Santa. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> the password is Santa. Now, Claire, you have got a very specific reason for wanting to get this 500 quid because you have a special little girl with a birthday just after Christmas. Yes, I do. And she is very particular about her little Santa lists and her birthday lists. What would she um, like? Her name is her name is Margot and she's three. She has an older sister too. Nice. Um she wants a reindeer that walks and talks and lights up. Okay. And poor Santa will be scratching his head trying to invent new toys for her. Okay. But um he'll pull it out of the bag hopefully. He always does, isn't that amazing? He, he always, always sorts it does. out. Does. He always He's sorts it. Yeah. yeah. And she's awaiting, is she awaiting an assessment as well? So it's a big time for you all. She sure is, yeah. Since May this year. And you know, you're promised, oh, it'll be in the next few weeks. It'll be in the next couple of months. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah. yeah. It's nervous her enough. Her school is fabulous, though. They're minding her so well. Where'd she go so, to? Where's look, she going to? She's just going to her little play school here in Toher. Um, so they they treat her like they're like she's their own. They are fabulous and they mind her so well. So good. look, we're we're doing good. Good, good. Well, all I can do is put you into the draw. All right. Well, Izzy will make the crossed. draw after six. We had a winner yesterday. We've had one already. We had a winner yesterday. I know. Went through. I know. So here's here's hope. But listen, if yeah. I throw Saint Anthony a tenner or twenty euro. You know, St. Anthony might take care of me. Now, I, I cannot really condone bribery, but I know what you mean. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Claire, very, very best of luck to you. Very best of luck. That's Claire. Claire Colin from Dunmanway. Gone through from the opinion line today for the 10K toy giveaway with your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas only on Cork's 96FM. More qualifiers in the afternoon. The draw after six. We've had one winner already from the opinion line. Who knows? We might have another. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Right, something you might want to watch out for this evening. Uh, just say you have been warned. There will be an emergency exercise organized at the airport this evening. It's an hours of darkness emergency exercise it's major incident training uh, to do with the airport it'll run from quarter to eight until quarter to ten there will be no impact to the flight schedule no exercises in the terminal buildings themselves but there will be some emergency service vehicles operating in and around the airport 
as part of the exercise. It's a coming together of the airport, obviously, the Irish Aviation Authority, and Garda Shikona, Cork City Fire Brigade, the National Ambulance Service, and the Health Service Executive. It is major incident training, specifically designed to take place in the hours of darkness tonight at Cork Airport between quarter to nine, a quarter to eight, and quarter to ten. Just so that you know, just giving you the heads up so you don't get panicky. One more lash of our foot solutions clue. One more blast of it. The word, please, the missing word, and you are named 083-396-9696. Now, Ireland's first satellite will be launched tomorrow. It's amazing we haven't had one up there before. We're so involved in satellite technology and science all over the world. It's called AirSat-1, and it'll be launched into orbit tomorrow from the Vandenberg base in California. And part of the team is a woman from Minan Bridge, Laura Cotter. Good morning. Hi, yes. Congratulations. How did you get on to this highly prestigious team? You're going to UCD as a PhD candidate. Yes, exactly. So I ended up just being in the right place at the right time, to be honest. Um, I graduated my undergraduate degree in physics with astronomy and space science in uh, September 2022, and I went full speed ahead into the PhD and it just so happened it was a project that I wanted to get involved in and my supervisor gave me the go ahead. So, yeah, I was just, I was really interested in it and I was very lucky that I was accepted into it. Yeah, you did physics and astronomy and space science. Have you been into this yeah. stuff since you were a, a, a tiny girl, Laura? Um, no, actually. Um, it's something that I never really thought of. Like, I was always into kind of like, you know, the Wikipedia kind of things, like earthquakes, volcanoes, looking at the solar system, that kind of general stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't until I kind of got into secondary school and I um, just gave physics a go and I actually ended up really enjoying it and then kind of went into like, okay, can I make a career out of this? And sure enough, here I am. And I'm lucky enough that I went into a course that I absolutely fell in love with. Mm. Physics, I did I did physics in college. Yeah, myself. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. It's an endless subject and it's a subject that's exactly, always growing. Yeah. It's always growing, always changing. But that's the thing about it. You never get bored of it because it always changes. <laughs> Yeah, so what's this satellite going to do once it's up there and into orbit? Or is this just an exercise to see, can we get one there? So I think the most important thing to do with AirSat is the educational part of it. So AirSat 1 stands for Educational Irish Research Satellite, and it's the first, that's where the one comes from. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be training um, Irish students how to operate a satellite and um, here in UCD. So it's giving loads of opportunities to undergraduate degrees, master's degrees, PhDs, uh, people that, um, just everywhere. And as well as this, there's going to be three experiments that we have on board. So um, we have, um, so would you like me to go through this? Yes, please, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so our first experiment is um, a software called wave-based control. So basically it just um, can help us point the satellite in a direction that we want it to point. Right. So that's one experiment. The second experiment are, so if you Google a picture of AirSat 1, you'll see a kind of a checkerboard pattern on top. So yeah. kind of a black and white square. So these are actually paints 
that are going to be tested. So hopefully they'll be able to be used to um, protect satellites against uh, kind of temperatures, so high temperatures and low temperatures. So they've already tested this already on the European Space Agency's solar orbiter around the sun. So now they're going to test the paints on AirSat-1 in low Earth orbit, so orbiting around the Earth. Mm-hmm. And then the third experiment is the one that I'm most interested in, and it's a, a detector for gamma rays. Yeah. So we want to detect gamma rays in space because there are these massive events called gamma ray bursts that yeah. happen really far away when a star and when a really old, really heavy, massive star dies. And what happens when it dies is it shoots out matter and particles into into space yeah. in the form of jets on the top of the bottom of the star and that happens really really quickly yeah. and because it happens really quickly there's a lot of physics that we don't know about them yet yeah. so you're, they're you're really into, is it, this is how a black hole is formed isn't it yes so that's one of the ways so sometimes when a black hole is formed you'll see a gamma ray burst happen in conjunction with the um with the black hole being formed and then there's different other different types of gamma ray bursts and they're associated with different things like special stars called neutron stars as well yeah. There's a whole host of things that we think are happening with these gamma ray bursts, but the thing is, we're not sure on what exactly happens yet. Do you know what I'm hearing in, in, <laughs> in your voice, Laura? And it's lovely yeah. to hear it. Is the sheer joy for your work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I consider myself so incredibly lucky and privileged to have found something that I'm so passionate and excited about, and I hope to um, pass that on to other people and yeah. hopefully younger students. Um, to show that it's actually possible to get into this kind of thing in this country because there was a point in time where I didn't believe I could um, do something in astrophysics in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask you a question that I always ask people who are into physics and the physics of space in particular and the sheer vastness of the universe. I was only reading more statistics about it recently. Could we possibly... Is it at all possible that we're not alone, do you believe? Oh, I, uh, we are definitely not alone. There is some, uh, someone somewhere that is sending a signal at this current moment in time that we might find in maybe a hundred, um, a thousand, a million years because light, uh, the universe is so large and light can, one light year is the amount of, um, the distance that light can travel in one year. And we're detecting like gamma ray bursts and supernovae that are hundreds of light years away, thousands of light years away. It's, so it's we just incredible. don't know yet. Yeah, like um, we've only been sending signals out since maybe the 50s or 60s. Yeah. So um, Some of them haven't even got out new. yet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I wish you well with your work and well with yeah. AirSat1. Your enthusiasm is electric <laughs> and I'm delighted for you, Laura. Thank you very much. That's Laura Cotter, PhD candidate at UCD from Menanbridge, part of the crew behind AirSat1. You'll see a lot about it in your papers over the next week. We're not alone. We're not alone. 0818-96-96-96. All right, let's see. Can we do this one? Our friends back with us from Food Solutions on the Grand Parade with 200 euro vouchers. Hey, I put some new shoes on suddenly John. Hello, Peter. Would you care to fill in the blank for me? I think it's right. Let's see, is. Let's see. Hey, I put some new shoes on suddenly Right. Yeah, right. John, is it? That's Colin, is it? Coolahan. Coolahan. Coolahan, living in, in Ballancolleg, 
Well, you have a 200 euro voucher for Food Solutions on the Grand Parade, the gift of happy, healthy feet this Christmas. Thanks a million, PJ. Happy with that? Good man yourself. Thank you. That's fantastic. All right, John, cheers. There you go. And just get in there for their range of shoes and runners alone, John. You'll, you'll enjoy a browse in their Foot Solutions on the Grand Parade. The gift of happy, healthy feet this Christmas. Another giveaway with them tomorrow. Another €200 Euro gift card. There's tons of stuff I didn't catch up on. In particular, the GAA rules. Quite a lot of you want to get in on that conversation. So we shall definitely start it again tomorrow. Programme edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All of your podcasts will be up ASAP. And we will chat tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.